0: Iowa Everywhere. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and A member FDSE. Live from the Channel Seed Studios. Channel Seed Studios. This is Jared and J and Iowa, Iowa Everywhere. Where? Jared. Jared Stansberry, Jared Stansberry. Jordan, Bohannon. Jordan Bohannon, together on
1: Iowa Everywhere.
0: Yo, man, that intro is something else. I feel like I'm in the future. Wow, that was way too official for us. Welcome to the podcast. Shout out to Channel uh, to, to Channel Seeds. We're going to tell you about guys a lot more about them recording in the uh, Channel Seeds Studios here on Iowa, everywhere. Like I said, network-wide deal. We're gonna tell you a lot more about them here uh, in the coming days. Of course, uh, it's conference championship week, Jordan. How, I imagine you're not feeling very good going into conference championship week after the way that yesterday went.
1: I don't know what to think anymore, Jordan. I have big Ten basketball. I had to stop watching it. I don't know what is happening. It is the most absurd season I've ever seen in my entire life.
0: I just realized our names were backwards yeah. on there. That's pretty cool. Like. You see a little switcheroo yeah. there? Yeah, that was, that was pretty slick. Uh, no, I, Iowa with a loss to Nebraska yesterday in the regular season uh, regular season finale. I I saw the line open on that game. It was 11 and a half for, for Iowa. And I was like, man, Nebraska's playing really good ball right now. I don't know about 11 and a half. I didn't think Nebraska was going to win the game. But I mean, they went in there and played played really well, you know. And Iowa knocked down some shots in the in the first half. But and I was watch, watching the game. I was like, man, if you're Nebraska, you got to feel pretty damn good considering you're only down five when Iowa was shooting the way that they were, or whatever it was at half. It wasn't very much.
1: Yeah, I had a bunch of stats. I, I was flabbergasted at what I was reading with the stat lines after the game. I don't know if you saw my tweet and the different difference between. Nebraska-Iowa. Iowa Iowa had 21 more shots. They shot 74 field goals compared to Nebraska's 53. Uh, Nebraska shot 58.5% from the um, field. Iowa shot 36.5. Free throws. Iowa shot 9 more free throws, 21 offensive rebounds, which is absurd. Iowa had. And Nebraska had 15 turnovers compared to Iowa's 6. And Nebraska won. How many more field goals?
0: field goals did iowa attempt uh 21 more shots from the field i can't imagine that's happened very often 21 (laughs) more shots and they got 21 back yeah like
1: i don't even you can't even put those numbers into
0: that is so many extra possessions well that's what i'm saying like for i can't imagine that that has ever happened very often and in college basketball for them to be able to win a game when you or for anyone to win a game when you have 21 fewer shots like that. But I do think, I mean, Nebraska was able to get easy looks at will almost as well. You know, even yeah. if they didn't turn it over, they were scoring most of the time or at least getting a good look at the hoop.
1: Yeah. They looked really good though. I, I've been really impressed with Nebraska. And this is the second year in a row, Jared. They went into Wisconsin and in Cedar night last year, if people remember correctly, and they beat them on their senior night, and that was for Wisconsin to—I uh, don't know if it was clinch the Big Ten title. I can't remember what it was.
0: Yeah, I think that's right. I think they would have won it outright, wouldn't they?
1: Yeah, they wouldn't want—they wouldn't want it outright. And they and Illinois split
0: with them. Yeah, yeah,
1: they split it with Illinois. Just crazy. And then the next year, they went into senior night Iowa with. Iowa having a chance to get a two seed in the Big Ten tur- tournament after everything that has happened this year, they had a chance to put a two seed and they dropped down to a five.
0: I think Nebraska won five of their last six games. That's a team playing like NCAA tournament level basketball right now. You know, yeah. like they're not going to make the NCAA tournament, but if they got into the NIT, it wouldn't shock me at all to, for to see them give some people some problems, especially because I think from a motivation standpoint they will have a significant advantage on a lot of people playing in Anaki, you know?
1: And Hoiberg's been doing such a good job with the guys that they have in that program. Like it just seems like he's, he's starting to figure it out these end of last year into this year. I know they're not, they're at 500 um, with the record, but first of all, it's hard to win in Nebraska for whatever reason guys have really struggled to win at that program. But um, it looks like he's getting guys that are really passionate about Nebraska and guys that want to play for him. And that's a huge step forward for that program because, you know, you just didn't know what you were going to get with some of those guys that came out on a night to night basis um, the last you know decade in Nebraska. So I got to get a lot of props to Hoiberg and also his son. His son has stepped up hugely um, with the absence of the injuries they've had at Nebraska. I mean, he became the ninth guy. He was playing at the end of the game against Iowa, made a uh, huge charge, got a couple steals, uh, rebounds, hidden threes. Um, he, he was big time.
0: That charge call was complete dog shit.
1: Yeah, awful, awful call. And who made it, Jared?
0: It was Kelly Pfeiffer, wasn't it? The same guy yeah. from the stare down? Yep. Yeah. Was it and payback, you think?
1: What? People want to, I, people was want it to payback me. Yeah, people want to debate me. Is there a bias as officials? You guys, it's right in front of your eyes, man. That's all I got to say. And people are just so closed-minded. They don't
0: want to look past it. We need robot officials. We need... How long until AI can replace the officials? I don't think it ever
1: will. Here's the thing. As much as I bitch about officials, they need to be in the game. They need to be in the game because that's what makes basketball, basketball, the variable of having officials. Right. But I am asking just for a little better officials. That is all I want. All I want a little better training, a little more accountability. Is that that hard to ask for more jail time?
0: All those two things. (laughs) Emphasis on the emphasis on the third one. Uh, all right one of the most disrespect this kind of tease takes us into our conversation for today uh we were going to start with the big 12 but we might as well just talk about the big 10 since we were already talking about them but one of the most disrespectful things i've, I've ever seen i was compiling the futures odds for the big 10 tournament today from our friends at circus sports In nebraska right now to win the big 10 tournament is plus plus thirty thousand. oh my gosh i might do yes. a little ten dollars on that yeah, like I, I'm not saying Nebraska is going to win the tournament, 30,
1: but a team 000? that
0: won, a team that won five of their last six games is plus thirty thousand to win the Big Ten tournament. I don't understand that at all. That's like I mean, a team to... like that that treats Nebraska like a team that went, you know, six and fourteen or something like that in the league, and not was almost a five hundred team. I mean,
1: I get it because they have to win five games in five days. Um,
0: but what's the worst, but kind of even hay? then, I mean, Wisconsin, Ohio state, they would both have to win five games in five days. Right. What are they? Wisconsin's plus 8,500 and was in Ohio state's plus 7,400. So almost really- a third of Nebraska's odds or like less than a third.
1: Is there some like Creighton fans that are, uh, working at circa for these odds What's going
0: on, I'm just here? saying, I think there's questions to be asked here. There's questions to be asked here. Either this is like the biggest, I don't know, maybe we have spotted the best value bet in the history of value bets, just like the Eastern
1: Illinois game that when they beat Iowa,
0: yeah. One dollar, so one dollar would win you what three thousand? Is that right?
1: Wait, if it's plus 30,000, 30. Or would it be
0: 300? I'm not a math guy. No, not it, would a math 3, guy. it would be 3,000. It would be 3,000. Yeah. Well, on a $1 that's bet 3, on a team that's won five of their last six games to win five more in five days. Wait, isn't it 30,000? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's plus 30,000. That It makes no, no sense for that it. number to be that. $30,000 then? No, it'd have to be a $100 bet to win 30,000. What is time? I think that's right. When, I don't know. We're morons. We're morons. Yeah. We're morons. I don't know. The odds are really long. The odds are disrespectfully long towards the Huskers. The Huskers are too, too, too good of the team. Zeros, to have plus 30,000. Minnesota is plus 75,000. That oh, sounds wow. right. Okay. That Sounds right. They might be more. They should be more. Yeah. Like Minnesota, there's no way in hell that Minnesota is winning this tournament. Nebraska? There is a way that some crazy motherfucker out there who could chart a path in his mind to how Nebraska is going to win the Big 10 tournament and go to the NCAA tournament for the first time in almost 10 years.
1: That would be an unreal storyline headline, Nebraska winning five games in 5 days, coach Horberg
0: back in the NCAA tournament. And then somehow they'd have to play Iowa State in the first round. They'd be like a 12 That would season. be awesome. <laughs>
1: <laughs> realistically i don't even know if they would get a 12 seed
0: they no they like probably would 10. be a, yeah yeah
1: man that would be what?
0: something else that'd be something What's else. i would say predicted right now like a nine a five i saw fives and five? uh all the bracketology dude that win on saturday was a big I one man that be that got him yeah that bumped him back up and then i think too after the stuff with grill i think that some people maybe dropped them a seed line for that and then once they won, that, like, boosted them even more. You know, they're like, okay, we're going to counteract this original drop from that story, and then now they got this big win, so we're going to They drop, basically flipped with
1: Iowa. Yeah, more or less. Yeah. That is crazy
0: they're a five, though. I mean, I yeah, get it. A, I get it, but. The worst, my worst nightmare scenario is that Iowa State has to play Drake as a 12 seed. In a Mm 5-12 matchup. You don't want to play that It's my worst nightmare. Yeah, worst nightmare. Dude, I always say this about the NCAA tournament, now that
1: I've experienced it firsthand. Like, the two... Well, more like the three through 16 seeds don't matter. Like, it does not matter what you get between those seeding. It matters the team you play. Like, you could be a three seed. Like, Ohio State, right? Ohio State played... Oral Roberts, right? Or is it old? Mm-hmm. It was Oral Roberts, right? Yeah, Two years with Max A.
0: Smith and Kevin yeah. O'Banner.
1: Yeah. A horrible yeah. matchup for them. Horrible matchup. Us last year, we were a 5 seed. We played a 12 seed Richmond team that was one of the hottest teams in the country. Year before that, Oregon won the Pac-12 championship. They got a first ever by the NCAA tournament. Terrible situation. It is literally all about like your matchup. That's, that's literally what... Teams, I feel like is isn't talked about enough by these commentators and reporters that are out there talking about the tournament.
0: Yeah, I mean that's what allows allowed guy like Iowa State last year to be able to be in the position that they were. They got a good matchup against an LSU team that didn't have a head coach. Yeah, you know, or knew that their head coach was about to be fired, and then you get a good matchup against a Wisconsin team that's banged up. And plays a style that's similar to yours, but you felt like you could do it better than them, you know? And it's like yeah. and then all of a sudden you're in a sweet sixteen. <laughs> like that's all it takes, you know? Or even think like I think to the year that Kentucky was an eight seed and went to the final four. You get like you just get lucky to get Wichita State in the second round as Kentucky when your highly talented roster is really starting to kind of gel and you're like, Oh my god, we lucked into getting to play a Missouri Valley team in the second round. You know, like that's, that's like a gift, a gift from heaven at that point.
1: It's just like Illinois in COVID year two. They played a Loyola team that was, I mean, no one wants to face Loyola in the NCAA tournament. They have sister Jean who really prays against the opponent. So they're always going to win. Like just how that works. They have the bad
0: juju on the opponent's side there. Uh, The Ramblers finished in last place in the Atlantic 10 this year. And, uh, tough year for sister Jean to be releasing a book. She was uh, hoping she had, what gave up on the team. Probably. Probably.
1: How old is she now? One Oh three. Did I read that right? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I actually met sister Jean and, uh, when I received my Stan Musial Award for missing the free throw for Chris Tree, they had the award ceremony in St. Louis, and Sister Jean was like the Lifetime Achievement Award, and I actually sat at her dinner table with like her security guards and um, Sister she was, like, Jean has a security team. Yeah, she had her own security team, and I sat right next. It was it was me, um, Mike and Patty, and my mom on the other side, and then it was security guard Sister Jean was there, but she was like. Walking or not walking around, but being uh, wheelchaired sister around, yeah. yeah, yeah, to meet people and mingle around. And then another security guard, so she, I think she had three there, but I was talking to the security guard the whole dinner. I was like asking all these questions, and um, I was like, What's sister, sister Jean was like? And he was like telling me all these funny stories about her and um, how she can have like a little bit of attitude sometimes. And dude, I was like, like, didn't like, I feel like I was getting like dirt on sister Jean. <laughs> But it really wasn't dirt, like because there's nothing bad to say about the woman. Yeah.
0: Because she's a nun. Yeah. Yeah. She's uh, right, like, never
1: done anything bad in her life.
0: Right. What kind of like secur like security concerns do you think there are for Sister Jean that prompts her needing a security team? I know I remember asking him like
1: what they do with her on a daily basis and they're basically like making sure she's like not worn down or like places she needs to be at certain times. And like, if she, so they're more like caretakers
0: than security. Yeah.
1: No, I mean, I, yeah, I guess you could say caretakers. I feel like they are definitely there like protecting her too, because she is like a national icon. So, because there's people
0: like swarming her at the place. One of my friends has a deep undying, uh, dislike for sister Jean. Oh, why? Uh, because he's a Drake fan. He didn't like Loyola, so now he hates Sister Jean. I think it's just vindictive, in my opinion. I just think it's a little unnecessary. He just, he doesn't like old people, but it's just. He doesn't opinion. like old people? <laughs> I think he's got, I think he has some psychological issues that have prompted him to not like this particular old person. That's just my personal opinion. I've, and I've voiced this to him. Shout out to Sean. He, he knows. I think it's a little unnecessary that he, he shits on Sister Jean the way that she, the way that he does. She's I would a nice
1: there's a lot of sports betters out there that despise her guts after what happened with Loyola a few years ago when they made the run in NCAA tournament.
0: And there's probably a handful out there who absolutely love her too because of the amount of money that Loyola made for them.
1: Yeah. I don't All right. Know. There, Let's talk about the. There's victim. something weird. The there's something weird, Jared, going on with Sister
0: Jean. Yeah. With Sister, Jean? Yeah,
1: I mean, with Sister just... Jean, or
0: just the team in general.
1: I don't know. You just, you just have the feeling in the NCAA tournament when they're making the runs, like they just had something pulling for them that wasn't pulling in the other direction.
0: How long until someone tries to make an angels in the outfield version of Loyola basketball, like the Loyola basketball story. And it's just angels in the outfield, but for basketball, that,
1: that's what I'm talking about. Like that type of there. Have you ever seen the movie, the six man or uh, the six man? This movie with like uh what's the actor when well, his like brother dies he played college basketball with him and then he like
0: oh the calls- way back or something uh, i don't know i can't remember
1: i don't know they like played a georgia town or something and then his brother died and he, he was like came back as like a spirit and a ghost and he would like like be in the arena and place the ball in the basket if it was close to missing and like do all these spiritual like insane things so you're saying that Angels
0: in the Outfield basketball edition is already a thing?
1: I guess this, yeah, I didn't really think about that. It is literally a basketball version of Angels in the Outfield. It's really what is that funny. movie? For? I would
0: have written that film. I would have written I that I think film. it's a six man, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember in Luck of the Irish. Movie, right? What? Do you remember the the Disney Channel movie Luck of the Irish? Do you remember that one? Yep. I love that movie. Or uh it was it a movie or show? yeah well it was like a disney channel movie you know it was yeah. probably an hour and a half long or something but i just remember yep. the grandpa sitting on top of the basket uh at, like acting like a leprechaun up there mm-hmm. man we have that, that's, deep exactly into what it. that's what
1: was in the movie yeah it's like this right here oh maybe not facebook facebook just opened up 17 different ads oh my gosh i am being spammed Okay, never mind. We're not watching it. All
0: right. Yeah, we're good. We're good. We 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 know it. <laughs> All the people who do the dead for tabs open right now. Chris texted us earlier this week and said, you guys should really hammer the Big 12 or the, the tournaments this week. And then we talked for 16 minutes about Sister Jean and <laughs> uh, a basketball version of Angels in the Outfield uh, in Nebraska. We did talk about Nebraska. That's all we got to If you want to bet on Nebraska plus thirty thousand in the Big Ten tournament, download the Circus Sports Iowa app and you can get Nebraska plus thirty thousand right What's there. Iowa? All the odds that I'm all the odds I'm gonna mention here on the show from the from Circus Sports app. Uh Iowa is plus fifteen hundred. They have the one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh best odds.
1: And they're on producer i don't imagine their odds drastically shifted after the loss in nebraska
0: yeah i would say that that is uh that is probably a safe assumption um i would think do you have any concern about if they have to play wisconsin or ohio, or ohio state again like do you yeah
1: Yeah. ohio states we've talked to this at a nauseam about these teams that just have Nothing to lose, everything to win. Ohio State, Wisconsin, are two of those teams, right? I want to be way far away from those guys. So that's why the double double buy is. That's why it's so hard to win four games in four days, like what we did last year. Because these, you face these teams in the first round of your games, they're, they're like they, you know, they have nothing, no pressure at all. They win, it's gravy. If they don't, it's no big deal, right? So those first games are so hard to win. Those Thursday. I think they're playing Thursday afternoon now. Um Iowa's. Wisconsin and Ohio State, those are two teams. Yikes.
0: As I of right now, anything. I'm seeing uh, as of right now, I'm seeing Wisconsin in the last four in, playing in Dayton in the in the first four. I mean, I would have to think if they could get into that game and to, and beat Iowa, that would have to boost them into the tournament, wouldn't you think?
1: Oh, easily, yeah. That's and that's a game. So hard to win. That is so hard to win. And you're playing I don't know. It'll be it'll be interesting to see how the first the Wednesday night games shake out because like teams like Penn State are in the Wednesday day day games. And Penn State's a really, really good team. Um Nebraska's playing really well. Minnesota's the only team that you're not really worried about in the Wednesday games. But everyone else
0: They play Thursday. Penn State battle. plays Thursday. Oh, they do play Wednesday. Thursday? I thought they didn't get the Bye. No, the yeah, they're the ten seed. They play Illinois at five thirty on Thursday. I didn't know. Uh, I thought they got uh, the eleven seed. No, Nebraska got the eleven seed. Um, so if they could if they beat Minnesota, which they should, uh they'll play Maryland in the last game on Thursday. Man. It's just a crazy I I'm I'm buying in, dude. I think I might bet on Nebraska. I'm not even kidding.
1: Well, we're gonna probably see a Illinois
0: North Northwestern
1: showdown in Chicago.
0: I wish that I could bet on them just to make it to the quarterfinals, because I think they can win two in a row, but I don't think they could I don't know if they can beat Indiana. But Nebraska or Northwestern Illinois in the quarterfinals, yeah, that will be good. Uh that will be a hostile game. What do you think the crowd will be like for that game? At five thirty. On a Friday. A lot <laughs> fights? Of fight. Yeah. I don't envision the, the people from Northwestern fighting anyone. Oh, well, Illinois fans will break them, break them down to make them <laughs> want to fight. It's unbelievable. Uh, the Big Ten should invite the Boys and Girls Club of Champagne to the game. Ooh, that's a good idea. It's a really good idea. I'm just saying they if the Big have... Ten wants to be charitable.
1: Yeah, well, they don't want to do that.
0: <laughs> God forbid. God forbid. <laughs> <laughs> oh man i like uh, i like northwestern's chances though to be honest with you you like northwestern to win the whole thing northwestern is uh plus 800 fourth best odds
1: i i really like they're playing so well man and they all they have a team that i think like their defense is probably is the best in the big 10 and that's what's gonna make or break teams if you, want to throw
0: your, if you want to throw your money away, you can bet on Purdue to win the tournament at plus 160. It would be a, be a bad bet. I don't think Purdue is winning it. <laughs> no, Purdue I don't think is going to win. Uh, Indiana's plus 550. Michigan State is also plus 550, and then Northwestern plus 800, Maryland plus 900. I like
1: seeing someone come off from the bottom side of the bracket. I think that's that's probably who's going to win it. The top side is so heavy and on really, really good basketball teams. Not saying the bottom side; it doesn't have really good basketball teams, but the top side I think has the best teams on 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 the bracket.
0: Yeah, I would say there's probably some more flawed teams that you could see, like having a game where they lay an egg on the bottom side of the bracket. Right. So you're you're convincing me. You're convincing me more that I've got to go put my money on the Huskers. Like my my money is burning a hole in my pocket now to go put money <laughs> uh, to to go bet on this.
1: Hey, I'm right there. I'm probably going to put $5 down on, if it's 30,000 odds, that's a must. You have to put it down.
0: Yeah, that's on the Circus Sports app. Uh, you guys can find that. One year, uh, I made a, so this was the year that Nebraska had uh, James Palmer, like Isaac Copeland, all those guys had come back, I think, uh, oh, yeah. and had they had a really good team at the beginning of the year. They finally beat Creighton. After they beat Creighton that year, I think that was the first time they beat Creighton since like 2004. I was like in the third grade the last time Nebraska had beat Creighton before that. I said that if Nebraska didn't win an NCAA tournament game that year, I would get a Danny knee tattoo. Hmm. Nebraska is still the only power five team without a win in the NCAA tournament. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't have a Danny knee Na- Danny tattoo. It was just no. stupid. I was being stupid. I shouldn't have said that. So you lied. Yeah. The last thing that I should ever do is believe in Nebraska basketball. If I, if I ever tell you, Hey, I think Nebraska basketball is gonna be good. I need you to just slap me. I know better. I know better. <laughs> Here's the okay. thing though. They're, 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 what is
1: the first time in ever they be a swept Iowa in the big time?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That, this, funny. uh, this was the first time they'd won in, in Carver Hawkeye arena since I was a senior in high school. Didn't they beat be Crane this year too? Uh they yeah, did, they beat, yeah.
1: Yeah, they beat Crane too. What a year for Nebraska. Like, go back to Nebraska again. Like
0: that's if insane. they'd started their if they'd started their upturn like two weeks earlier, they're going to the tournament. because yeah, I, I agree think they're they're sixteen and fifteen right now and there's teams that are gonna be in the tournament that are seventeen and fourteen, you know
1: do we really define being in the tournament though as a playing game can we throw this notion away in the trash playing game is not an ncaa
0: tournament it's really called yes. a playing game yes really call yes, a play in game so what are we fake, that's about? the fake tournament fake tournament
1: like why call it a, i don't know why call it playing if you want to argue they're in the ncaa tournament
0: and the only people who celebrate that win in the ncaa tournament are like the teams that never win games in the tournament you exactly
1: know?
0: perfect example drake won a play in game and you would think that drake had gone to the sweet 16 the last time they went to the tournament they won one game and yep. it was the indiana. first
1: one indiana last year yeah. they they killed uh a... oh my gosh who was the first round? i know they got killed by st mary's they won their oh no they won like double overtime or something in the and uh the first round and play or the playing game Mm-hmm. and they got killed in the first round against st mary's you guys did not win a game in the ncaa tournament i'm sorry indiana fans i really am but you guys didn't
0: all right we'll flip things over to uh to the big 12 but first i want to remind you guys all our basketball conversation on the podcast brought to you by sweet caroline's kitchen and cocktails on main street and ames it's a perfect place to go before or after iowa state home games anytime the cyclones are on the road or anytime the hawkeyes are in action it's a great spot for late-night fun with its Southern-inspired menu with a great collection of burgers, sandwiches, wings, and, of course, Caroline's Famous Fried Chicken. Uh, that's Car- Sweet Caroline's Kitchen and Cocktails at 316 Main Street Names, the presenting sponsor of all of our basketball conversation right here on the podcast. All right, uh, flipping it over to the Big 12 side. I'm heading to Kansas City tomorrow. This is going to be a fun week of basketball down in, uh, down in Kansas City. The top five on, uh, on Circus Sports for the odds. Kansas, obviously the number one seed. They're plus two hundred and sixty. Texas is plus three hundred and ten as the two seed. Baylor, the four seed, plus five hundred. Kansas State, plus six hundred and fifty. TCU, plus seven hundred and fifty. And then Iowa State is plus one thousand. Is uh, has the sixth best odds. Uh, the Cyclones, man, feeling pretty good. Much better going into this uh, into this tournament than I think anybody expected them to be feeling going into that game in Waco on Saturday this feels like a tough spot for the cyclones though having to play this team again for the second time in five days
1: yeah it'll be interesting to see their first half of basketball i think that'll tell a lot about where iowa state's headed in this postseason play um obviously coming off baylor huge win got to give a lot of props to that program for everything they went through the last week and then to really come together as a team and pull off that win that, that is, I mean, I'm not surprised. I mean, we kind of talked about the the respect that these players have for TJ and the passion they play with and they love playing for Iowa State. So that's obviously showing still. Um, I would imagine we're going to see a similar team like we did against Baylor. I would be really shocked if they came out flat, like they have um, the past, you know, 10 games that they have kind of struggled with their offense and, de- and defense a little bit, but they look good, man. I, I'm excited to watch them.
0: They did look really good. That was probably the best ball they'd played in a month, at, at the very least, uh, against the Bears on Saturday. My only concern is, like, Baylor's a really talented team, and you have to play them twice in five days. It, it yeah. I thought, you know, Drake and Bradley, like, Bradley beat the shit out of Drake last week, and then Drake comes back and just destroys them in the Missouri Valley Championship game, you know? Like, it's hard to beat a team... Anytime, but it's really hard to beat a team twice in two weeks, especially now, like, you know, Baylor's going to be motivated. They got beat by 15 twice when they played Iowa State. It's like the worst team that Iowa State could have had to play in this event, probably.
1: Yeah. It's a lot similar to our COVID year when we played Wisconsin. I think we played them three times. We played them three times that year, once in the Big Ten tournament, but we played our last game really close to the Big Ten tournament um, when we played them again. It's a kind of a weird feeling when you're a player and you're coming off your regular season play and you just played this team and you're playing them in postseason again because it's almost like, yeah, you're in postseason play, right? And you're playing for a lot um, on the table, like a Big Ten tournament title. You're playing for seeding an NCAA tournament. But it, like it goes back to just like, it feels like a mid season big 10 type feel when you're playing a team like that again. um, So quickly turn around. Um, I would imagine it'll be a pretty low scoring game with having just played each other five days before or whatever it it was. Um, Yeah. I think it's going to be a grind and I don't know. That's definitely a weird feeling as a player and a coach. What do you even tell your guys you just seen this team, you just went over scout with them. Um, we've played them already like pretty pretty close. Um, so I don't know it's really just who wants it more. It's not not anything to do with scouting, not anything to do with um, it's really just playing harder near that's, that's the end of the day.
0: I would say that if it's a low scoring defensive game that de- that definitely trends towards Iowa State or leans towards Iowa State. Not that Baylor can't defend, but they can't defend at that same level that they have a lot of years, I think these past couple they're more of just get out and run and i think that's actually what makes them makes iowa state a tough matchup for them is how much harder it is to really get those isolations that they live on you know like Keontae george they just want to isolate Keontae george and let Keontae george be can be keante george you know which a lot of times is something that you can just do and you're going to win a lot of games because that guy's really fucking good but uh-huh. i think with the way that iowa state defends they're like we're not even going to let Keontae george and do those kinds of things. We're going to make Miles Bridges shoot three-pointers all night, you know.
1: And we're, I think the biggest factor is, again, Gabe Kelscher, what player we're going to get with him. If he's the player that showed up last year in postseason play, Iowa State has a chance to win the tournament, in my opinion. If he's like he was middle, beginning of the season, they're going to struggle and they're going to be, they're going to have a short postseason play, that's for sure.
0: Who, uh who would you peg as your favorite in this this one? Who do you think would win? Will win this? I like Kansas. I've liked them all year. Um, I want to be shocked. Really inspired if they make the pick. Final four. What? Really inspired pick from you.
1: Well, let's just be honest here. Coach Self is probably one of the best coaches in the country. He always finds a way to win regular championship titles, tournament titles. Mm-hmm. Um, finds a way to make the final fours. Like he's. I would imagine his guys are gonna be ready to play this postseason play, and they're gonna they're gonna do some damage because they have a really good team and one of the best teams in the country. Not the most—I wouldn't yeah. say they're necessarily the most skilled team, but I think overall, from a team aspect, they're the best team.
0: Yeah, they uh, their guards are just so so good, you know, yeah. and and they just are so they have so many different weapons that they've got, and even the guys that they bring off the bench are are tough. You know, like they don't have anybody that they put out there that you're like, man, that guy's a bomb. Like they just are, it just, it, that's what drives me crazy about it. Anytime you play him, they're going to bring somebody off the bench. Like Joe Yesufu is going to come off the bench and he's going to give him 12 points. And you're like, and then you look at it and it's like the last time Joe Yesufu scored 12 points was like in November, you know? And it's just like, he just has that ability to pop up on people or, or anybody on their team. I don't know. Bill Self is, I think Bill Self's best coach in the country. I'm not sure that it's even close at this point.
1: Yeah, he just wins. I mean, people say talk about Coach Izel like winning in March. Obviously, he he's had his fair share of Final Fours and Big Ten titles. But I mean, Coach Self's on a different level compared to coaches. I mean, the things he's been able to do in postseason play and championship titles—it's absurd. It's numbers that might not ever be replicated ever again in college basketball.
0: I wish more people did their business the way that. Bill Self goes about his business. Uh, you can tell that he has a lot of sec- like uh, self security, like secure. He is secure in who he is, so he's not like afraid to be honest, like in the media or things like that. There's a lot of coaches that I think are not secure enough in who they are. This is basically what I'm trying to say. They're not secure enough in who they are to be forthcoming about their thought processes and what they're doing. In like Bill Self, will tell you exactly why he didn't play someone. He'll tell you exactly why he did uh whatever you know as far as running this specific set in this specific moment uh and not be like oh i have to lock these things down like it's Fort knocks because these are trade secrets you know like we all just watch the game it's all on film you might as well just explain what's going on and i've always appreciated that about him that he is just very confident in who he is as a coach that he doesn't feel like he needs to hide things you know well unless he's you know unless it's the adidas money that he yeah. did a he did feel the need to to hide that. Yeah. I forgot about that one. He didn't hide the strippers. They they just had him come out with Snoop Dogg. You remember that?
1: I do remember that, yeah. How
0: long ago was that? Yeah. I don't know. A couple years. A couple years. I would have liked right. to see the email in ba- inbox for Kansas's athletic director after after that deal. I can't even imagine what some of those those fine folks down in Kansas thought of that,
1: what about like Rick Ross coming out of nebraska's pre season was that three years ago? that was so yeah, so crazy. I'm looking at my Instagram story and got a fucking Nebraska team on on stage with Rick Ross at the arena uh, And we just had a three hour practice
0: two days before the game. <laughs> Uh, Fat Joe and Shaq are going to be at the big 12 tournament this weekend. Fat Joe's doing a concert and then DJ diesel will be doing a set at the power and light on Saturday. DJ diesel. Yep. Yep. The big 12 is a hip now, man. It, uh, the big 12, something else. I, if I was going to pick a team that's not, that's a little bit longer odds to maybe be a dark horse here, I'd probably uh, peg TCU. Uh, Depends on their health. They cannot stay healthy, so I don't know how confident I would be in that, but if they're healthy and they've got all their guys out there, then I think that that team is capable of getting hot enough to win four games and or win three games in three days.
1: I think Texas... Um, Texas
0: is who I picked loses. this morning. Yeah. Texas loses its first round. You think That's so? My prediction, yep. To Oklahoma State or Oklahoma? Yep. Oh, I think Oklahoma State
1: beats Oklahoma. And Oklahoma State beats beats them i don't i've been skeptical of texas the whole year you know that we've talked about it before with marcus carr everything that they've had issues with this season with coaching and i just don't see them being a factor this postseason in play i'd be shocked for them to make it far really shocked
0: yeah there's a lot of people who are going to be picking them to go to the final four
1: i don't see it i think they're i don't, they're going I don't to, think so either but I mean there's every one of those teams people predict. I mean I was one last year. We lost first round. There's always one of those teams that people predict final four based off what they did in the last part of their conference season. I don't see it. I think there's a lot of question marks around that
0: team, a lot. I just don't know that they've got guys that are reliable for 6 games in a row like that, you know. Yeah. To be all too many t- wild cards. Yeah. yeah.
1: I mean you can be the most skilled players, which they probably have one of the most skilled players in the country from one on the roster to 10, but how reliant are those guys? I think they're one of the most inconsistent reliant,
0: reliant wise guys in the country. All right. One last story I did want to touch on before, uh, before we sign off here. I want to talk about this Mark Adams deal. Have you read about this? Yes. So this kind of, this kind of has had me fired up, dude. This is, I think a perfect, uh, example of some of the things that are wrong I think with coaching in general Uh, for anybody who doesn't know Mark Adams was suspended indefinitely for making racially insensitive comments towards a player Uh, quoting the Bible using a using a verse that had something about masters and slaves which is the is really unfortunate for one that that even has to be said in 2023 that someone had the idea that this is what they're going to roll with and that they're going to use this with their players and think that that's coaching technique to me is really really sad uh but it also i think is a perfect example of how man there's a lot of coaches out here who are going to tell you that they're trying to do the right things for young men that they're trying to use faith and all this kind of stuff to like to uh to try and help people and be a better leader and man there's a lot of people that are out here talking about their faith and using their faith as a way to manipulate kids and gaslight kids And this type of situation right here is exactly that because this is not not about god and it's not about the bible and it's not about any of those things this is about mark adams trying to gaslight a kid to help himself win and that's really fucking gross like that is really, really gross, and I hope that there's a lot of coaches out there that really looked themselves in the mirror after this story came out, and was like, man, am i uh, am I using some of the, these things and interpret to, interpreting things and relaying things to my team and doing it for the right reasons? Are you doing it because you actually want to help people in their lives and you want to give help you know with this give them tools that you feel?" for you, you know, have helped you and and all those kinds of things, then like that's more power to you. But when you start doing stuff like this and trying to make these parallels and things like this, man, it just is really unfortunate that people like that are making $3.5 million to coach basketball because right, that's to me is grasping for straws. You don't know how to coach your fucking team, you know? And that just is, I just had to go on that rant there for a second before uh, I'll let you react.
1: You said a lot of great things. I think this literally fell right in our hands with everything that we were talking about last week with college coaches and the college sports landscape as a whole, how much of a pedestal these guys are being put on the national stage with how much money they're being made. Um, And I'm not saying anything directly correlated with Iowa State and that whole situation last week. I'm more pointing towards the fact of the amount of headlines we've seen this last this just year alone about everything that's been going on and these insanely stories when I mean, you go down the line of just coaches in the last five years have had issues within their own team with their own personal lives and these are the these are the people we're gonna have our kids being sent to to become great young men in society and learn learn about life through and um, adversity and the hardships and everything you go through Because I tell you what, firsthand, playing college basketball is a -a once-in-a-lifetime dream that I am forever grateful for. But if you don't have the right people in your lives to direct you down that path of being a great young man, you're going to struggle insanely as an individual. And you see this countless times now with college coaches that are doing crazy-ass things. And they're going to continue start preaching guys, start preaching their um, their morals and um, give that to their team and have them lead a perfect life when they're not leaving, leading a perfect life themselves. It's, it's insanely disgusting. It's gross, like you said. And this is a huge reason why I became such a huge player advocate through the years because I've seen these stories behind the scenes. I've seen things that happen within locker rooms. I know how... Devastating. Some of these coaches can be to players. I'm not saying Iowa was like that. Iowa is a great place for me or a great place for a team. But with friends I've had throughout programs in the country, college sports isn't cra- in a dangerous and crazy pl- place right now um, based off everything that's happened this past year. And this is another example where it is, it is gross and it's disgusting. And I, I'm ashamed to be a former college basketball player with another story like this coming out
0: the one positive I think is that now these guys can get exposed for this stuff so quickly, you know, like this didn't happen that long ago. And all of a sudden, and now Mark Adams is suspended, you know, which I think is a positive because I think that things like this need to be rooted out. Uh, there are some wild ass stories out there about Mark Adams, dude, like, I'm not going to be the one that goes out there and relays this, but I can tell you right now that there are wild stories that I've heard through the grapevine about things that are going on in Lubbock right now or have been going on in Lubbock. And that is what made me the most mad about this is that you're using this on your team, calling that coaching and all that kind of stuff. And I know that there are people out there that this message resonates with clearly. I'm, I'm not one of them. Uh, I don't think that this message would resonate with me, but I know there probably are people out there that, that it wouldn't resonate with. But it's not coaching your team to do this, especially when you got some of the things that are out there about you that are uh, being circulated that I can tell you right now would not be very Christian-like. And you, it's, it's insulting to your players because do you think that they don't know or do you think that they don't hear about these things? Do you think that they haven't heard about the things that their coach might be out there doing? And then you want to come in here and you want to tell people about God and you want to tell people about living a Christ-like life like that. That makes no sense. You know, and that to me is what I hope is what's being exposed is all these coaches who clearly think that their kids are idiots. The kids that are on their teams are idiots and that they can manipulate them again so that they can win basketball games and so that they can make make money. Because these kids are way smarter than what a lot of people in college athletics give them credit for. And I think this, again, like I said, I think this is a perfect example of that because there was a kid out there who Mark Adams thought he could use this verse and that kid sat there and said, that's really fucked up and I'm going to do something about it because this is, I can't, I'm not sitting through this. You know, because that guy doesn't deserve to be in his job. Like, if you can't coach your team without that, then what do you? What are you making three and a half million dollars for? Why do you have a contract for fifteen million dollars? You do, you shouldn't have one. I don't know. It's unfortunate.
1: Yeah, I. It's just it is gross, and it's really no no words to be said. Honestly, I think the fact that. Trying to use my words wisely here. I, I saw some replies about like cancel culture, which I, I don't know the exact details. I just read an article about everything that's happened, and obviously this isn't the first situation where it happened last week for someone got kicked off the team for what they said. I I think I think we're having troubles with saying some things in today's society. I do agree with that notion but I think to an extent where we're looking at some of our leaders in not only life, but college sports. And they're, they're not leading the life like you're, they're saying to these people, to their kids and promising these things to these families and living rooms when they come to these schools and what their life's going to be like. It happens across the whole country. And I know this is a little off topic, but I I just think it's, this is just a small example, but there's a small detail, but all these small details have led into this huge problem in college landscape sport and sports landscape that I don't, I don't even know how it can be fixed at this point with the amount of money these coaches are being made. They're literally giving he's three and a half million dollars he's being making per year. When you have that amount of money becomes comes with a lot of power and I mean, you see Chris Beard at Texas with the allegations that happened there, all the money he was making. He's probably going to get hired again by another, by another university. After everything that just happened this past year, just insane. It's idiotic. And I'm, it comes down to NCA again, because there's no enforcement with any of these schools. And I guarantee you, NCAA hasn't, will not say anything. Reporters that are dealing with NCAA basketball or dealing with these conferences, they won't say anything about it. They'll say about what happened, and that's it. They won't have an opinion. They won't have anything to say about that. Next time they go to none of their school, like Chris Beard will, all things will be forgotten. As long as they win games, you win games, everything's forgotten. And that's how college sports has been working in the past decades, the past century.
0: And that's why it's awfully convenient that this happens when Mark Adams is, is, has not been winning games, right. you know? And and that's where it's tough because I, I think uh, uh, the reality is that it's like these coaches, they lose touch with reality. They make so much money, they lose touch with reality because they're not like real people anymore. They don't have to do anything. Coach basketball, that's it. You make so much money to coach basketball, so then your only goal is to win. And then because winning keeps the next check coming. You know, and keeps it to where you all you have to do is worry about basketball, and that's where I think these guys are able to lose their sight of the right thing. But that's what makes like the best ones the like who they are is because they don't allow the all of that stuff to get in the way of doing what they think is right for their kids. You know, and it doesn't prevent them from doing all the right things. And uh, I think there's a lot of coaches out there. I think that some of these ones we've talked about a lot the last couple of weeks, Nate Oates is another one that I think you could throw out there. You start worrying about the wrong things and your priorities get really skewed. And all of a sudden you get into a situation where you're so like out of touch with what, of again, reality and like with life, and just like with society on in a sense that you don't comprehend how big of a deal something is you know and then all of a sudden you're in a sticky situation because you didn't even know that it was really that big of a deal because you're like insulated from all the things that would tell you that it's a big deal it's just a cycle you know yeah. of, then you create another issue and it just is like one thing after another
1: i honestly think college basketball might have the most amount hypocrites per per like population if that per sense. capita Yeah. yes because one the landscape of itself just how it's ran by the by the top dog with ncaa and then you go down the university level the amount of issues that occur at a university level not even with sports in general i mean maybe we can just talk about college you know how it's handled with these kids coming to college um outside life and on the court too i just think everywhere you look And now that I'm on the inside of it outside of it, after being on the inside of it for so long, everywhere you go and look, there's, I feel like there's a hypocrite somewhere. And it's so hard to distinguish that line of people that, are they really in it for the best interest for these kids? Like, are they, do they really want this, this kid that came in as an 18 year old, graduated as a 22 year old and be a key member of society after they're done putting that Jersey on, do they really care about that at the end of the day? It's hard for me to to ever think for the rest of my life that there's a, a high majority of people that are in these kids' lives that truly want that. And just look at this year alone again. Headlines left and right about coaches, about players making mistakes. Starts with the top. It really does. And that's NCAA all the way down.
0: And that's what I thought was the most disgusting thing that really came out of like the whole Adidas story, is that it made it blatantly clear that, like, what was in the best interest of kids was not. It's like those guys, as much as anything, aren't going to jail because of what they did. They're going to jail because they were manipulating these kids, you know? And that they're telling them to go and sign a deal with this guy so that they can keep making money on the kickback on the side, you know? Or so they can keep getting this recruit so that then they can go be a head coach, so then they can go and do this and do this and do this. And you start getting that bag. And it's like. The kids start becoming secondary once you've got that bag, you know, and it just is uh, not everybody is like that, but basketball has a way higher number of them per capita. When you think about the the grassroots circuits, you think about college basketball and you think about like trainers and things like that, that are selling things to people that are just like bullshit you know how many people do you do like can you think of that or out or i know of people are like you see things like you see things on instagram trainers that are showing them the next like you're showing you the next new thing that's going to be coming up in basketball training and you're like bro you're a snake you're like you're a snake oil salesman you don't need all that you need a hoop and a ball and you can like but you don't need this thing that you're going to put on your hand like it's like man you're just like manipulating people again you know and way too many people are like that in the game of basketball i feel like it I'm sure it's like that in every sport, but it seems like basketball just has way more of them, like you said, per capita than most sports from what I've been able to see.
1: Yeah, man, I I didn't even think about the whole grassroots level. I mean, football really doesn't have that, to be honest. I mean, they have local teams that play against each other, and then they have high school football. There's not really like an AU circuit like there is for um, basketball, AU basketball players. And, I mean, that alone, talking about starting the kids wrong – right off from the start of their most important years of their life is high school AU seasons, because that, that, that in itself, I mean, what are we doing with these sponsorships, with kids, with handlers, handlers talking to these college coaches, the kids not even talking to college coaches anymore because they, they want money instead of going to the right school. And again, I'm, I'm not opposing wanting money as kids that they deserve that money, but there's just so many people with the wrong interests with these kids. And it, it stems right back to the story of Mark Adams, and the, it's bro, we sh-
0: we got people out here ranking sixth graders, dude, like ranking third graders, you know, and what, for what? All four, yeah. What for four? what? What's it matter? All that should matter is that the kid loves the game and is like having fun playing the game when they're in the third grade. No one should be thinking, oh, I hope this gets me a D1 scholarship when they're, they're taking their kid to, to third grade basketball on a Saturday morning. If that's what you're thinking about, man, you know,
1: I feel I remember, bad for your kids. <laughs> I remember uh, NY2LA AU circuit tournaments they held. Shout out NYTLA because I didn't, I, do, I do think they did a really good job with their tournaments and it, with college coaches coming to watch us play through the years. But, man, I remember going on their websites when I was, you know, fifth grade playing against, you know, like Mean Streets and Playground Lake, the, like these top AAU teams and seeing all these players that are, you know, number four point guard in the whole country, number three center. You look back, all these guys – they're nowhere to be found. They're not they're not they didn't play at a high level basketball. I guarantee like they they're not playing professional basketball. They had a mediocre college career. And then that was it. They fizzled out.
0: They're out there telling somebody right now, hey boy. Back before I back before I hurt my knee in 07. I was in I was in the fourth grade. I'd played ninety seven basketball games already that year. Hurt my knee. I was number two player in the country at that time. Yeah, I would. I was going to the league. I was destined for it. They would me yeah. playing 150 college or 150 basketball games a year. I was seven years old. And that starts with wrong people telling the wrong
1: things to those kids.
0: <laughs> yeah, tell the wrong thing to. Yeah, they got people like I've. I know people that have got their kid playing 90 baseball games in an off or like in a summer. You know, and it's like, yeah, I'm sure that's good for him.
1: Yeah, man, or let's get them a little the exercise. One, have play in a major in, league schedule. Yeah. Or just playing just one sport in general. Like, oh, this kid's going to be a baseball player. He's not going to pick up anything other than baseball. He's not going to touch a basketball. Nothing. He's only playing baseball. I'm like, bro, let let the kid live. Right. Let Let him do his thing.
0: Let him do his thing. All right, man. Enjoy championship week. Go clones. Go Hawks. Oh, better clip that part right there. (laughs) (laughs) We'll talk to you guys again soon. Peace. Iowa Everywhere.